Hello everyone, and a very warm welcome to this EWIDE podcast, the first of a series to bring you news and views on IFRS 17, the new international accounting standard on insurance contracts. Thanks for joining us. Over the coming weeks and months, I'll be joined by a number of EY's global insurance professionals to discuss key topics and interpretive issues in IFRS 17 and to consider the implementation approaches and challenges the new standard presents. My name is Kieran Cummings and I'm an insurance partner with EY based in Sydney. This is Implementing IFRS 17 with EY, the podcast where we aim to unravel the technical and operational issues of the new International Accounting Standard on Insurance Contracts. Today's podcast is a beginner's introduction to IFRS 17 and is intended for an audience who is new to insurance contract accounting under the new standard. IFRS 17 is a complicated accounting standard, so I'm fortunate to be joined today by Louise Burns, also an insurance partner here in Sydney, who will introduce the standard, implementation timeline and implications. Thanks, Kieran. I'm delighted to join the podcast. Thanks for your time, Louise. Well, let me start with what looks like an easy question. Why do we need a separate insurance contract accounting standard? Well, insurance contracts present particular accounting difficulties that the standard setter, the IASB, had to address that don't fit easily within general accounting standards. Let's take an example that most people would be familiar with, a home and contents insurance policy. The customer buys the insurance contract and pays the insurance company a regular insurance premium. In return, the insurance company promises that they will make an insurance payment if an insured event, such as burglary or damage to your house, occurs in the future, as long as you continue paying premiums. If the insured event never happens, the insurance company has actually no obligation to pay anything to the insured. To put this into general accounting terms, the insurance company's potential obligation represents a contingent liability. If this were accounted for under the normal provisions accounting standard, which is IAS 37, then these contingencies wouldn't be recognised until the insured event occurred, which might be years into the future, or actually never at all. An insurance company's financial position would not be appropriately represented, and financial performance over time would be distorted. IFRS 17 is the ISB's response to these difficulties and provides a mechanism designed to attribute profitability over the lifetime of insurance contracts sold by insurance companies. Okay, but insurance companies already have an accounting standard that they've been using, IFRS 4. Can you explain the current insurance contract accounting and why it needed to be replaced? Of course. As you know, current insurance contract accounting under the International Accounting Standards is contained in IFRS 4. When it was issued in 2005, IFRS 4 was intended as an interim standard and never the actual final insurance accounting standard. It therefore minimised changes and didn't mandate a measurement model, instead allowing companies to continue to basically use their existing accounting approaches, which aren't all consistent. In some markets, local insurance accounting standards exist or were developed, for example, AASB 1023 and AASB 1038 in Australia. Other markets, such as Hong Kong, don't have a local accounting standard and companies have either used the local insurance regulatory basis or developed their own insurance accounting policies based on US GAAP or other approaches. Basically, a lot of inconsistency. 
This means that insurance company financial statements in different markets, and sometimes even within the same market, have not been comparable and therefore not as useful for users. IFRS 17 provides a harmonised accounting standard that is expected to improve the consistency and comparability of insurance company IFRS financial statements. Thanks, Louise. And do all countries need to adopt IFRS 17, or can they continue to use their current accounting standards? The ISB sets international accounting standards, and it is up to individual jurisdictions as to whether they wish to adopt them. For example, now that IFRS 17 has been issued, the European Union will start a process to decide whether they will adopt the standard, although that is expected to occur. Many jurisdictions have made a commitment to adopt IFRS standards, and some countries have already released their local versions of IFRS 17, for example Australia and New Zealand. On the other hand, the US will not adopt the standard, but will maintain US GAAP for US entities. Remember, though, that many US companies have subsidiaries in jurisdictions that will adopt IFRS 17, and so they actually won't be fully exempt from reporting under this new standard. And so when will companies first apply IFRS 17, and are there any restrictions on adoption? The standard becomes effective for reporting periods starting on or after 1 January 2021, and it will require comparatives to be reported as well. There are two other important factors to note in respect of adoption. One, companies may early adopt if they have adopted IFRS 9, the new financial instrument standard, and IFRS 15, the new revenue recognition standard. And two, a company may defer adopting IFRS 9 until they first adopt IFRS 17, assuming they meet certain criteria. So are any companies considering early adoption? And if they are, why would they do that? There will be significant effort required to implement IFRS 17. So most companies are aiming to adopt as late as possible, that being 2021. However, some companies are considering early adoption because they perceive that, for example, there are beneficial transitional impacts, such as for taxation. The metrics reported under IFRS 17 will better represent the results or there are planned finance transformation programs which can incorporate the IFRS 17 requirements and make it more efficient to adopt earlier. You mentioned significant implementation effort would be required, Louise. Can you explain why this will be the case? IFRS 17 is significantly different from most current insurance accounting approaches and will require, amongst other things, more granular data inputs and outputs, more complex modelling and reconciliations, more judgment to be applied, and more detailed analysis to support and explain results. This will require a long lead time to implement and to educate stakeholders on the impacts. Larger global insurers have generally already launched programs, and many others intend starting during 2017. They expect IFRS 17 implementation to take two to three years of effort and require millions of dollars in new finance and actuarial systems and processes. In Europe, some industry leaders have claimed the aggregate implementation costs for European insurers will be up to £1.2 billion. Wow. So on that sobering note, Louise, what are your top three takeaways from today's podcast? Sure, Kieran. Um, the top three would be, number one, IFRS 17 is the new accounting standard for insurance contract accounting, which will be effective for periods starting on or after 1 January 2021, although early adoption is permitted. Number two, it will be a global standard, harmonising IFRS insurance accounting for the very first time. 
And number three, it will require significant implementation and education effort due to the extent of the change from current insurance accounting. And so many companies are already starting their implementation programs. Thanks, Louise. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. On our next DYIFRS 17 podcast, we'll introduce some of the technical aspects of IFRS 17, such as the measurement models. So I look forward to you joining us for that. Naturally, we'd welcome feedback and suggested topics for future IFRS 17 podcasts. To do that, you can email us at financialservices at au.ey.com. That's financialservices, all one word, at au.ey.com. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit our website at ey.com slash au slash financial services. Until next time, this has been Implementing IFRS 17 with EY.